welcome to The Intersect. I'm Eric Tischler. Apt Associates tackles complex challenges around the world, ranging from improving health and education to assessing the impact of environmental changes. For any given problem, we bring multiple perspectives to the table. We thought it would be enlightening and maybe even fun to pair up colleagues from different disciplines so they can share their ideas and perhaps spark new thinking about how we solve these challenges. Today I'm joined by two of those colleagues, David Cooley and Lawrence Richley. Lawrence was the Deputy Project Director on the Data and Technical Assistance Contractor Team to support the Health Resources and Services Administration's Collaborative Improvement and Innovation Network to reduce infant mortality. His other work at APT includes CDC-funded studies with pregnant women and infants assessing pregnancy infant outcomes with SARS-CoV-2 exposure. David focuses on the public health implications of climate and air pollution policy, such as the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, and he manages a tool for EPA, the Co-Benefits Risk Assessment Health Impact Screening and Mapping Tool, which estimates the health impacts from changes and air pollution emissions. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Great. Good to be here. Thanks. David, I know in your recent study with Columbia University on the environmental effects of the COVID shutdown in New York City, you identified almost as a side effect some significant environmental justice issues vis-a-vis child and infant health. Uh, you want to talk about those findings or the broader implications of your work for um, child and infant health in particular? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I worked on a study with uh, Columbia University late last year looking at the air quality and public health implications of reduced air pollution emissions from the um, the COVID-19 shutdowns in New York City. So um, a lot of uh, reduced activity, um, transportation, and, and other uh, fuel consumption in the city during the, the most stringent shutdown, kind of in the, the March, April, May 2020 timeframe. Um, really significantly improved air quality um, in the city. And uh, we did an analysis to look at um, how that impacted um, certain public health outcomes. And with a, a real focus on the, the implications for, for children's health. And that's a, a thing in these types of uh, air pollution benefits analyses that tends to be understudied. Um, there's a lot of focus on, on um, outcomes for adults. But um, we were really focused on outcomes um, for children, so things like um, avoided preterm births, avoided low birth weights, um, avoided um, incidences of childhood asthma, and things like that. And so we found some some pretty significant benefits. But um, another thing that that came out of this study was we we broke the the benefits down by zip code and um, compared how the, the benefits accrued to different, um, to different zip codes, and then, and then sort of stratified those based on um, different measures of disadvantaged communities. So for example, we looked at um, the, how much the benefits accrued to different zip codes based on the proportion of, of people that were in that zip code that are, had race other than white or proportion of people in that zip code that were below the poverty level. In both cases, we found that the the benefits of the improved air quality were disproportionately realized in those zip codes that had higher populations of disadvantaged people. So so higher uh, proportions of race other than white or higher proportions of, of people under the poverty line tended to get a higher share of the the health benefits. The reason for this, though, is because those uh, people in those neighborhoods tend to have higher baseline um, 
underlying health conditions. So they have a higher uh, baseline rate of preterm birth or a higher baseline rate of low birth weight. And so when you uh, already have a, a high rate of those health outcomes, you um, any little improvement in air quality, you tend to get a, a really big bang for your, your buck in terms of improved benefits. So it, it underscores the, the need to focus on um, improved air quality, how that impacts different populations, and also the need to address some of the underlying baseline health conditions that, that some of these populations are facing. Great. Thank you. And so, Lawrence, I know this touches on a lot of the work you do um, in terms of those challenged communities and in your work on, with mothers and infants. Do you want to talk a little bit about the work you're doing and sort of what, what the overlays you see? Yeah. I mean, I um, hearing a lot of what David said um, really resonates with, with some of the work that, um, that APT is supporting, especially with health equity and preterm birth, low-term birth weights. Those are two of the national outcome measures that we were tracking in um, in our infant mortality collaborative um, with the Health Resources Service Administration. So, yeah, I I, I think in general there's been um, a renewed focus on health equity, one with the change in administrations, but also with the Healthy People 2030 targets already being met for um, non-Hispanic white. Um, Hispanic um, infants, this is for the overall infant mortality rate, um, but for non-Hispanic Black and for non-Hispanic American Indian and Alaska Native, um, their their rates are almost um, two times higher than the 2030 goal. Um, and we saw a, a similar disparities in our infant mortality work with HRSA from the data that we collected from the collaborative, um, where the overall infant mortality rate reduced in the last three years, but um, but not so much for um, underserved populations. There's that baseline disparity, and then there's these environmental additional factors. Lawrence, is that stuff coming up in your work? Uh, is that something you're seeing? Are those dots we need to connect more fully? Yeah, this this is something that's that you know a lot of people are are thinking about. Um, a lot of people are working on in the last secretary's advisory committee on infant mortality. Um, they spent a whole day talking about the um, environmental effects on infant mortality and and maternal morbidities and, and mortality. Um, that um, a, a lot of the focus is on um, is on chemicals and. Um, examples of how the Flint water crisis directly affected um, whole, whole community um, with lead poisoning. Let me ask, was there any focus uh, in those discussions on, on air pollution in particular? Um, and I, I ask that because, you know, as I said a minute ago, the people, me included, that study air pollution, public health impacts, there's been such little focus on children's health and and maternal health, and it's really just been on you know focused on general uh, you know adult health because that's the data that we have, um, and that's what's been available to us. And um, so it, it, I, I have long gotten the impression that that um, it's it's been kind of an overlooked area um, in in public health. Yeah, I I would agree. That's that's not um, that link um, is not one that really 
comes up when has has it come up in our um, in our work over the last three years um, to support her son and their grantees. Um, yeah, the, the the main focus when um, when environment comes in is, is thinking about the social determinants of health and effects on um, or, or the built environment effects on on equity. Uh, but yeah, that I I think that's an area that that isn't at the forefront of a lot of people's thoughts. So, Lawrence, how can you sort of import that stuff into your work, let's say? You know, like, you know, David, you've got the Cobra tool that you work on. Both of you guys, what, what are some ways, we, you know, in which we can sort of help make those environmental impacts, like, bring them to the fore as well? Yeah, I, with the work that David is working on, um, you know, it, it seems to directly impact preterm birth and avoided low birth weights. And those are those are goals that HRSA and its grantees are are trying to achieve. I think one thing that could help too is, you know, you, you, Eric, you mentioned the COBRA tool that we support for EPA. This is a tool that estimates the public health impacts of changes in air pollution emission. And it's a really great tool that you can kind of do quick screening level analysis to say, all right, if I implement a policy that's going to reduce air pollution emissions in this location by X amount, you know, what are the resulting health impacts? Um, currently, that tool doesn't include a lot of the things that we we included in the, in the New York City analysis um, that are focused on children, things like um, preterm births and low birth weight and, and some of these uh, impacts to children. And so, you know, developing and improving some of these existing tools um, so that local policymakers um, and others can can get a sense of, you know, what are we talking about in terms of the benefits here if we implement a policy um, to improve air quality in our region? What what does that get us in terms of um, reductions in some of these health outcomes? Yeah, and and um, I I just expand upon that. I think a lot of the the organizations that we work with, um, they they use their public health dollars for um, to meet the the um, the goals of their their grants. There's a lot of competing priorities that are always happening. I mean, especially with with COVID and these tools that are um, that are developed, such as um, such as Cobra, could really help them. You know. To, to think about the, the benefits of reducing air pollution and, and how that, um, you know, directly impacts the, the things they're already working on with, um, with some of their other strategies. Well, I was going to just say that, you know, in the COBRA tool, the way it calculates these health impacts, it, it really depends on several, several things, one of which is the change in air quality. So if you're, if you're improving air quality, you're getting benefits. But, you know, as I mentioned with the, the New York City study, it also kind of depends what your baseline level of incidence is. And, and as I said, the areas with higher levels of incidence tend to see um, more benefits for, for a change in air quality. So if you already have a lot of preterm births and you, you, you have an improvement in air quality, you're going to see disproportionately large drop in preterm births. Um, one of the, the limitations that we've had 
in a lot of cases, is just really good data on what that baseline incidence is. Mm -hmm. And so being able to kind of collect that and at a, at a somewhat fine geographic resolution, um, all of that would really improve the ability to, to develop and run these tools. Yeah, and for, for infant mortality, um, there are certain states and counties even where um, that um, it, if, if the goal is to, um, to really target the already vulnerable populations and um, especially achieve health equity, then there could be focus or using using these tools to to look at those even counties that have um, a higher rate of of black infant deaths, for example. So, Lawrence, like, do we have that data? Do we? Is it just a matter of sort of connecting the dots here? Of you know, HRSA has this data. We have this tool. Can 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 we plug that data in? Do we have it, or are we close to having it? I think what the data set that would be helpful is CDC Wonder data set. I'm not too familiar with with that for um, for our infant mortality reduction collaborative. We um, we co collected data from um, from the grantees of, of 21 states, um, and that was for a three year period. But they report similar data to to CDC Wonder using. Um, birth certificates and um, and deaths that reported to um, to the counties. We, uh, Cobra uses county level data um, currently. Um, at some point, we would love to even go below the county level, but county level right now. And you know, as you were saying, that may be good enough in some cases, like where you can really look at at things like um, counties with the, the really high proportions of infant deaths or some of these other health outcomes and get a sense of, you know, how would changes in air pollution and those, uh, those um, areas really impact those health outcomes? You know, are there, are there specific targeted measures you could take to improve air quality in those regions? And, and what do you get in terms of the health benefits from those? Yeah, and as, as, as part of the, the, the piece of the puzzle, our clients and um, the, the grantees we've been working with have been interested in multiple ways to reduce infant mortality. The purpose of the collaborative that App supported was to focus on new innovations and quality improvement and things that, that could be added to the already existing toolbox of strategies to reduce infant mortality. Great. So it sounds like if we get that data into COBRA, that might be another tool that could be useful or at least adapted to be useful. Yeah, and I agree with, with the way Lawrence characterizes it as sort of another tool in the toolbox. I mean, obviously, there are multiple strategies for combating infant mortality and, and uh, these other child health outcomes, but um, air pollution is definitely one of them, and um, this would be a, a, a good tool to, to help examine that. It is a great tool, and it's great to think there's got other applications. So hopefully, uh, Lawrence, you can guide some, some other organizations to that tool, and David, you too. Well, thank you both for joining me. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us at The Intersect. Mm -hmm.